visiting with our Shap of the Week. It's Sage Luther, senior defensive back. And Sage, one of the things that I always like to talk about with guys that have played a lot of football at Westlake, and you know, you have one or two guys maybe every year that have been on the team since they were a sophomore. As you go into your senior season and you're participating in these games, what are the things that you remember about your sophomore season and your first experiences as a varsity player? Definitely my sophomore year, everything was new. So I kind of had to like pick up on little things as we go throughout the season. But going into my senior year, these more, more of these games, uh, I notice more of the little things, and I'm able to pick up on that stuff learning from my sophomore and junior year. What's the one thing that you kind of zeroed in on is the thing that you didn't do well, maybe some of the aspects of the defense that you had to work really hard on that now is just seems like you know it in your sleep? Communication. It's my sophomore year. I had Connor Kelly and Matt Sams back there telling me what to do most of the time. But this year, I, I have to be more of the commander in the secondary and let everybody know what they're doing and communicate very well. We've noticed a very quick evolution of the way that Leo plays in, in the defensive scheme, going from a corner of a position that he'd never played before, but playing next to him last year as a new varsity player and now having an opportunity to play with him where he is a focal point and can be a little bit more maneuverable. He's moving parts, as I think Tony Salazar likes right. to, to call him. How has that relationship matured from 2018 to 2019? We're definitely, this year, Leo's a more versatile player. Last year, he played all of corner, so he kind of knows a little bit about pretty much every position in the secondary. What's the most important job that, that you feel that you have every single night you know, as a, as a guy that leads by solid play and consistency? Definitely very consistent. I like to keep my game very consistent, come downhill and make plays in the ball. Definitely over the top being a free safety. You have to make plays in the air as well. I always talk about your ability to close. And one of the things that Tony Salazar has always talked about is, I like players that even if they're out of position, they know that they are out of position, and then they correct it and still can go make the play. The, the versatility is something that I think that really, looking at the last five seasons, that the defensive players have understood, we're going to make mistakes, but it's how quickly can we fix them. Is that something that, that is relevant on the team, that you guys talk about that, even in film study, where you recognize where you've made a mistakes, but it's not so much that you made it, it's how quickly you fix it? In the secondary, I think we probably have one of the smartest secondaries in the state of Texas. And obviously that shows through film studies and learning how other teams play and reacting off of plays that we've seen on film. What's the most fun that you have? Is it defending a pass or is it coming up and popping somebody in the run game? I love coming up and making a play on the run game for sure, but tracking the ball in the air is also fun. But I just love playing free safety. You know, a lot of players don't recognize the effect that they have on the rest of the team. Most of us are just trying to zero in on our jobs and be competitors and execute. But you start looking at the wide receivers, for example. Jackson Coker has changed the way that Westlake wide receivers play just by his unselfish play, blocking, being physical on the offensive side of the ball at a position where you don't necessarily think is very physical. It's more of a finesse position. I think you have the same effect on the rest of the way that the defensive backs, the secondary plays. And I look at Lucas Maru, and I'd love to hear your leadership, and, and even Michael Taff in a way, the new guys in the secondary. If you were to step outside of it and say, you know, those guys are playing like I play. Those guys are, are trying to play the way, the style that, that kind of fits this defense. Do you take any pride in that? Do you notice that? Are you aware of it? Of course I take a little pride in it, you know. <laughs> Lucas and Mook have been balling out this year, and uh, 
I like to have a good relationship with pretty much everyone in the secondary so I can like know what they're thinking and hopefully they know what I'm thinking. That just makes us better as a team as a whole. So you mentioned Mac and you mentioned Connor. You mentioned Matthew Sams. You're going back two, three, you know, in your experience, we can go back even further with four and five. Uh, some of the guys that have played in the defensive backfield, there's a legacy forming in, in the defensive backfield here at Westlake. Are you able to keep up with, with those guys that have come before you? Do you find that, hey, in August, they're starting to reach out and mm -hmm. see how things are going? I've had a good relationship with pretty much all the secondary players that I've played in, so I always stay in communication with them, like Matt Sams and Connor and Doak and Drew. I've always tried to reach out and keep in touch with them for sure. If there's one thing that you think you learned from those guys, what was it? Playing with more of your head. Matt, Sams, and Connor, they were so keen on watching film and developing like a good film study, just making plays on the ball based off of watching film and knowing what the other team's about to do. You know, it's funny that you say that because in the last couple of interviews with Austin and with Connor Halverson, we've talked about what the difference is in big games, what the difference is in the postseason between a Westlake athlete and an opponent. And I've always said, neck up. It's, it's how they get ready from a mental side that really makes the difference. I mean, you can talk about the limitations of athleticism and you can talk about the experience factor, but at the end of the day, it's how you get ready mentally. What are some of the things that you do to get yourself prepared to play football on a Friday? Obviously, like Coach Dodge says, dream the beautiful dream. I always like having a little quiet time before the game and picturing myself making plays on the ball, making plays on the run, and thinking about little things that I've watched in film that the other team could do that I could pick up on and help myself make a better play. I always, after warm-ups, I get my gloves to Leo and I do a backflip. I've just always done it throughout the last two season, and seasons and it's worked for me. So I've just kept that in my routine. So everybody, if you're listening out there, when Sage does a backflip, that's normal. And that's something that has to be done. That's not something that he wants to do necessarily. It's just, <laughs> you know, when you win, you got to do a backflip. Pick six is always great. A punt return for a touchdown is always great. What happens when Sage Luther sees it from somebody else, two guys on your defense last week that, that had pick sixes? Everybody can talk about long touchdown runs and 99-yard and touchdown passes for days, but that pick six, not only is it a turnover, but it turns into immediate points. One of the coaches that used to coach here said, it is the biggest dagger in, in the heart of the opponent is a pick six. How, how hyped were you? Yeah. I love watching my, my guys succeed for sure, especially Lucas and Mike with those big picks and even Braden. I just love watching them succeed and cheering them up on the sideline and getting them hype and it's a big part of the game as well. Does baseball help you in football? Definitely. I play right field, so uh, tracking the ball, it's pretty much the same as in playing football. You know, track the ball, trying to make a play on it. With guys that are dual sport guys, it's unique. Baseball is such a gear change from football because the pace of the game, the fact that you're not involved in every single play. You mentioned the physical things like tracking the ball, but the mental side of it because you went through a little bit of a, of a slump right at the end of district play, mm -hmm. and then it's, it's so funny how things just immediately happen for you after starting the season so hot and then ending it in your last at-bat with a home run in a playoff game. But the, the idea, Sage, that baseball actually should make you a better football player. What are your thoughts on that of just being a better mentally prepared football player because of the ups and downs of baseball? With little things in baseball, like just being patient since it's a slower game, relates to football as well with like me being so far back playing free safety, I have to be patient and like make sure like everything develops correctly so I can make a play on the ball easier. What's harder, 
getting mentally prepared for a football game or standing in the on-deck circle after you're 0 for 2 with a couple of strikeouts trying to get that hit? Probably baseball because everyone says you try not to think about hitting the ball and stuff even when you're in a slump, but in the back of your head you're always like, oh, I need that hit, like, I want that hit really bad. So you kind of just have to be, like, in chill mode more. In football watching film, you just kind of just being normal watching film, uh, developing an idea of what the other team's like. You start to get a routine without even knowing that you're getting a routine. When you do them repetitively, you're almost doing them and you're not aware of it. Are you, in the moment, are you aware of everything that you do pre-snap? Are you aware of everything that you do, you know, before the game? Usually with most of the stuff I do before the games, I'm, I'm really superstitious, so I like to keep everything in a routine and, you know, like do the certain handshakes with some guys, touch like the sign where I usually do and stretch with Coach Salazar, for example. So I like to keep a good routine before the games and, you know, just focus on playing. Are you aware of how good a player that Tony Salazar was? Is it is it evident in, in how he coaches you and how he's you kind of been the captain of this defense for the last couple of years? I can definitely tell that he was a really good football player just based on all the knowledge that he just knows picks up on the littlest things and helps us succeed based on the, off that. Now, Sage, a lot has been made about your athletic prowess over the last three years. And, and you know, to say that you're the best athlete in the house. I don't know if that's necessarily true in your case, but let's just say that the Luther household is a tad competitive. Is, is that is that a good way to describe it? I'd say that for sure. You know, the coaches always mess around with me and say, look, it's the most unathletic Luther in the family coming in because my sister's a swimmer. She's a really good swimmer. She's going to Georgia right now. My mom was a swimmer as well, and my little brother's heck of an, heck of an athlete as well. I've heard about him, you know, the conversations that, that we've had with a couple of parents, they're already noticing that, you know, your little brother is about 20 pounds heavier and maybe a couple inches taller than you were. But, you know, I, I find that when you grow up in an athletic household and you grow up with competitive parents, that competition is always a good thing because you're always looking for your place. It's always interesting to hear stay humble, stay hungry. I like the hungry part of that of that dodgeism, if you will, because that hunger is what drives you. And if you're fighting for everything from day one, it, it teaches you that discipline to continue that. Is that what you found in, in your experiences growing up? Definitely very competitive, even with like board games or activities like kickball growing up or something. Obviously, all of us want to win, and I sometimes get to rub it in their face, and everyone gets better at the end of the day. You are the biggest hitter, though. When you, when, you, when you talk about making football plays, I don't know if Dakota can go out there and, and, and lay out a 220-pound wide receiver or running back, can she? No, I, don't, I wouldn't say so. <laughs> Did you ever get in the pool? Did you ever try it? Is it something that, that you thought, hey, maybe I can do this, or were you just straight football, straight baseball? Oh, growing up, I played all the sports. So I play, or I swam for 10 years, all made me swims. So just to get the feel for it and... You know, it's always good to be able to swim just in case you get in trouble at, like, the lake or something, she would always say. I don't think people realize the athleticism that goes on, not only the athleticism, but the endurance factor. Some of the workouts that I see, you know, swimmers that have swum here in the past, you know, you think of Samantha Tucker, Dakota, all of these great swimmers that have come through the Westlake program. I see some of their workouts, and frankly, say, I just it puts Shapmaker to shame. Do you get the benefits athletically from, from having a mom that said, hey, get in the pool and do this. Does it, has it helped you athletically? Definitely helped me athletically. Swimming's so hard, especially if like you're a dude that plays football because most football players are really muscular and you just don't float very well. But growing up, whenever I'd get in trouble at elementary school, middle school, she'd be, go swim a mile. That's your punishment. So I'd go have to swim a mile and you know, it'd be a heck of a workout. It's, it's interesting to think about using that as, as punishment 
when it actually will end up helping you, which it clearly has athletically. We talk about your sister, we talk about your mom, but there's there's one thing that I've always noticed. If you follow Dakota's Instagram, she's all about you and your little brother. The fact that she is so present, even though she is far away. When you have an older sister, I know that relationship is always interesting, especially when both of you are very good at what you do athletically and very good in the classroom as well. What are some of the things you learned from your sister about handling the, the pressure of being a good student at Westlake High School, one of the best schools in the state, and and being a, a good athlete. How to work hard. She's probably one of the hardest workers I've ever seen because she's always in the pool swimming, training, working out, just like being competitive and kind of rubbed off on me uh, over the past three years. Sure. Final thought on the goal board as a senior from your sophomore year to now, how big is that goal board for you as a player? Oh, it's a big part of all of our team wins. The defense has a really good night with the goal board, then we'll have a good chance to set the offense up. And If there's one goal that you have for the 2019 season, what is it? I'm trying to be an all-state football player, but go to state as like a team thing and have a great team season. He's the starting right fielder for the Westlake baseball team and sometimes plays football for the Westlake Chaparrales. Sage, thanks so much for doing this. Thank you.